Denver Broncos training camp has officially wrapped up. We're going to recap what we saw from the start all the way to now as we escalate throughout preseason, plus keys to the game against the Seattle Seahawks and three players that Sarah and I are each watching in preseason action week two against Seattle Seahawks. We break it down. We react all on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome back into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, joining alongside our co-host, Sarah Bettinger. Both of us are Broncos analysts for the Lockdown Network and Nine News. And uh, look, ladies and gentlemen, preseason action is coming. The Broncos preparing for the Seattle Seahawks. Starter's going to get a little bit of action, a little bit of run. we got a lot to break down. We want to talk about the start of training camp. What we've seen change with this team from the start all the way to now, leading us into preseason action, plus our keys to the game. So, Sarah, my friend, uh, great to see you. As always, great to have you here. And uh, look, man, it, we're getting there. The regular season is almost here. I love it. I love it, Cody. I, you know, I've been feeling like I need to brush up on like some fantasy football stuff. I feel like like there's fantasy football draft is creeping up here. So I, I don't know. It's kind of one of those things where like it just kind of pops up on me every year, and then I feel just so unprepared, but. You know what? It, you're right. The regular season is almost here, and that's exciting. I mean, I'm stoked for it because everything matters in the regular season. You know, every conversation I think that happens in throughout the week of practice, injuries, whatever it may be, personnel changes, all of that will matter more than those things that happen right now in the preseason period of practice and training camp, so on and so forth. But speaking of training camp, let's kind of wrap up what really what training camp was for the Broncos so far this year. And look, I think that we've learned a lot from fans being able to be back and attend. It's great to see it. But we've also learned a lot about what we evaluate with practice, what we evaluate just in terms of the tempo of practice, it's so different. Sarah, you have the chance to be a Broncos camp, and, and the tempo is not game speed. You know, everything's fast, but it's not game speed fast. So w- why have we invested so much over the course of this whole offseason about practice at training camp when the reality is we know it doesn't matter. Pat Shermer talking about the malfunction issue and Drew Locke's helmet, which people took his clickbait and ran these narrative-based headlines. I mean, there, there's stuff like that that we get into, but all this stuff matters. Exactly, exactly. I think that it's just, it's always good to have an open perspective, you know, especially like as fans, you know, the the one thing that we should be expecting is for the team to do everything in its power to win games, right? And so until we see that happening or not happening, I think it's it's good to keep an open mind about whatever approach they're taking. You know, even back in the Josh McDaniels days, things were a little weird. Guys were running laps. In the Vance Joseph days, things were a little different. You know, it wasn't, it was, it was a little tight, you know, but um, and of course, those two ended really poorly. So, you know, maybe people are a little bit right to be questioning things. But at the same time, I think we can get a little bit over the top with our micromanagement as fanalists, you know, sitting in that that proverbial GM chair, you know, the armchair GM seat. And and I think that it's it's just so important. Like you said, you know, the, the whole thing that happened with Pat Shermer and Drew Locke and just being completely taken out of context. I think that the, the pace of practice, it's good. The reason it's good to keep an open mind is because I think that we saw in preseason game one, you know, we heard all this stuff about, man, the intensity at practice is just not there. And it was just, it's making me disappointed to be even a fan of the team or a supporter of the team. And then they come out and they look really good in preseason week one. So I don't know. I think it's it's always better to reserve judgment, to assume the best, 
And, and then once things start going down on the field in regular season action or even preseason action, then you can kind of start to make some statements and, and get out there with your with your opinion on whether something was a good approach or a bad approach. Oh, we could talk about the Philadelphia Eagles against the Patriots. They looked they looked abysmal. I mean, that was a very, very bad performance that we saw from the Eagles. Obviously, former Bronco great Joe Flacco in that game as well. You know, he's <laughs> he's some people say he's still elite, but uh I think last night we mm. saw, I mean, just the Eagles. They're, they're rough. I mean, their talent, their depth is is a very rough place right now. And I think that when you look at the Broncos, it's quite the opposite. The Broncos have a lot of good depth right now on paper. They have a lot of guys contributing for the most part, have stayed healthy at the most meaningful positions, which I think is great. So something we've learned about training camp that really surprised us. You know, I'll start off with this one, Sarah. I'd say the one guy that surprised me the most in training camp, Trinity Benson, our good friend George Stoya, who we're going to have join us every single week in the regular season to talk about the Broncos, to give his thoughts on everything of the Gazette. That's the thing I'm looking forward to. But Trinity Benson, a guy that he's talked about, a guy that we've talked about ad nauseum here on this podcast, he has been the surprise so far at training camp. I think maybe out of everybody. Yeah, and that's really, really fun because it came at the deepest position group on the team, arguably. Cornerback uh, obviously has a little something to say about that. But yeah, I mean, to see Trinity Benson come out and really have a breakout camp is awesome. It's it's exactly why it's fun to pay attention to training camp. Every single practice, every single individual drill, every single one-on-one, seven-on-seven, 11-on-11. The stories like Trinity Benson are why we pay close attention to that because he did. He came out, made plays every single day, and then he did it in the preseason game. So that's exactly why training camp is so much fun and why preseason games are so much fun. You touched on it in yesterday's episode, Cody. It's one through 90. You know, everybody's got a chance to to really stake their claim at a roster position. And I think that's one of the coolest things about Vic Fangio. You know, he he's said it before, the NFL is a meritocracy. And I think that he's really exemplified that in the way that he's built the team, the way that he coaches the team, the way that he gives guys opportunities and reps and practice. And I think the key takeaway for me, Cody, is exactly what you mentioned um, just a little bit ago, injuries and the lack thereof. And I think that it's interesting, you know, just thinking about it as you said that, other than Carl Lawson going down with a, a major injury at Jets practice, I haven't heard of a ton of star players across the league going down with injuries at all. And I don't know if that's a testament to the new rules of the CBA. I don't know if it's a testament to you know their training in the offseason, but it seems like there's been very, very few season-ending injuries at this point where usually in the early goings of training camp, you usually hear about knees popping, Achilles, you know, things like that. So I think that's been a huge takeaway for the Denver Broncos. Of course, there's been injuries, but as far as long-term injuries, they made it out of training camp without any of those. So I think that's yeah. a huge, huge takeaway. No, I think that's one of the most important takeaways to be exact. And I think a lot of it, as you mentioned, probably has to do with the CBA, not to mention just the access and the increased technology that I think medical staffs for NFL teams, what they have access to, these players have a lot to do in order to take care of their body. And look, it goes to not only just post-practice care, hydration, but also goes into their diet. And luckily, as one of the best chefs in the kitchen one of the best kitchens of nfl teams in terms of protein and what they're able to do for players putting them on meal plans that are specific to their body type position what their coaches need that right there i think makes a big big difference and so that's obviously something we look forward to in the offseason from the start of it the otas mandatory minicamp to now training camp is over we're getting into more of a formal practice approach no more fans allowed at practices fans were able to attend they got a lot out of it and now 
The real stuff begins here in the next two and a half to three weeks, sir. Can't wait to break it down with you. But Broncos country, coming up here in just a moment, Sarah and I, we're going to get into our keys to the game of the Broncos traveling on the road to take on the Seattle Seahawks in week two of preseason action. But before we do that, let me tell you about Built Bar, the sponsor of today's episode of the show. And Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar that is on the market today. It is hard hitting like Kareem Jackson coming across the middle on a crossing pattern. And the, re- the reason I say that is because the bars, they're covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And they pack a powerful kick of protein for you folks not only are they the best tasting protein bars that come in nine amazing delicious flavors including the occasional limited time flavor the bars contain 17 grams of protein only 130 calories and only four grams of sugar that is the best value for your buck i love built bar sarah's awaiting his box of built bar to come in and broncos country the multitude of you that have sent me dms saying that you love built bar i'm telling you get on the train if you have not tried it yet by going to built.com and when you go to checkout make sure you use promo code locked 15. That's going to get you 15% off your next order. Once again, promo code LOCK15 is going to get you 15% off your next order at built.com. All right, Sarah, preseason action on Saturday against the Seattle Seahawks. We're going to have a Lockdown Broncos post-game report for you on the Lockdown Broncos YouTube channel on Sunday afternoon in video format. The post-game podcast will go live Monday morning at 1 a.m. Mountain Time for you specifically. Uh, Sarah and I are going to break down the game, our thoughts of it, our takeaways. But before we get to the game itself, Sarah, we have to get into the keys to victory, keys to the game. If the Broncos are going to come out with a successful showing in week two of the NFL preseason, they're going to have to accomplish a multitude of different tasks. Now, one of these that we talked about before we did the show here, quarterback consistency. What specifically are you looking for with this key to victory? You know, I'd love to see uh, another performance almost identical to what we saw from Drew Locke in game one. I think that's that would be really, really awesome to see. And I think that may be asking a lot given the fact we saw an 80 yard touchdown we saw essentially three straight scoring drives you know he had what we talked about with tim jenkins on an episode that that everyone should go back and listen to and watch if you haven't already but tim jenkins chalked that up as a good decision by drew on that throw to, to jerry judy and good ball placement um, he actually pinned the incompletion on judy so what ultimately amounts to three scoring drives three touchdown drives essentially um even if you don't count the one you know really really good work on the on the drives as a whole from Drew Lock, so would love yeah. to see that again, and would love to see even some con- not just continuity, but maybe even some improvement from Teddy Bridgewater, right? I mean, I think that we saw him, you know, take that little dump off to the tight end when he could have hit Trinity Benson over the top, give Trinity Benson even a little bit more hype coming into this week. Um, he missed that play, I think, and and I obviously, you know, we haven't really heard a ton about, you know, well. Teddy's really taken all these downfield shots. He's, of course, taken some and hit some during training camp. But, man, it would be great to see that in a game, to really see him attack the ball downfield, make smart decisions with the ball, and prove that, man, this is a tough decision. It's going to be a tough decision for Vic Fangio. I think you and I maybe agree that this is Drew Locke's position right now, and it's yeah. it's kind of definitely leaning that direction. But, man, if Teddy comes out and, and has a huge game against Seattle – does that change the does that change the situation? Um, so I'm interested to see that. But definitely, if even if they both did exactly what they did last week, I think both of them have done a good job. So really interested to see that for sure. 
And I hope that's what Broncos fans really take away from it, right? I mean, you could have looked at last week's game. Let's say Drew comes in, lights it up the way he did. Let's say Teddy comes in, and let's say he struggles. I think the narratives would be different. But I'd say both quarterbacks, for the most part, they played well. And I think the biggest thing that we've talked about, I think, in the last year and a half with Drew Sayre has been, can he stack a good performance on top of another good performance? Can he be consistent? And look, the things I want to see from him in terms of consistency, continued consistent footwork. He did a really great job last week with his footwork, his mechanics. If he can maintain that, stand in the pocket, deliver throws, and not overwind, I think they, you know, he's going to be in a good position to maybe take the run with it. Look, Vic Fangio could announce a starter after this week, but the talk and the vibe right now around Broncos country is that the belief is that Drew Locke will be named the starter. However, you have to come out in this game against the Seahawks. You have to put together a consistent performance to solidify with the coaching staff. Hey, okay, he's he's put two games together. No, yes, granted, it's preseason, but we're seeing the things we want to see out of him. To me, that's super important. So I agree with that. Now let's get to the defensive side of the ball, Sarah. Another key to the game. Young defensive players need to make some big-time plays, some takeaways, some sacks, fumbles, whatever it may be. Why is this such an important key to the game? Because, look, we're going to see the starters for a little bit. want to see them. I think the key for them, see them have a nice little sample size, 12 to 15 plays, Try to be efficient in those 12 to 15 plays. Stay healthy for the most part. But for the young guys, hey, this is your chance to show that you're a depth player who can come in at any position if a starter goes down, contribute, and make plays. Because really, that's what the Broncos need the most from defense this year. Takeaways, takeaways, takeaways. I agree. I agree completely. I think that that that's so important right now. Number one, you've got roster spots available potentially. And I think that that's huge. You go out there, you make plays, you make it so that the team can't cut you. And especially defensively, you know, where the Broncos have kind of struggled under Vic Fangio is creating turnovers. That hasn't been a consistent thing from the defense, despite having a lot of high priced guys back there, you know, regardless of injury or not. I think that you bring in these players in the defensive backfield, you bring in these guys to rush the passer. You've got the, you know, the linebackers that you've got. You've got the ability to go out in this game and make some waves, make make those plays, make some turnovers, you know, get us. I want to see some strip sack. Man, I want to see oh, Jonathan man. Cooper strip sack. I want to see Andre Mintz, Derek Tuska strip sack. I want to see Justin Sternod get an interception covering a tight end in space. I want to see Baron Browning go out there and do something, you know, force a fumble, hit somebody so hard the ball pops out. I want to see Jamar Johnson, Caden Stearns, PJ Locke. I want to see somebody get a pick. I want to see something. Uh, it, it would just be such a such a great case for your roster situation and not only that we know Vic Fangio likes to keep defenders on the field get give him an opportunity to be confident in pulling somebody off the field for a series or two we see him rotate pass rushers quite a bit we see him rotate defensive linemen quite a bit but in the back seven there's not a ton of rotation done by Fangio unless it's out of necessity so give him that opportunity to feel like he can be flexible to feel like he can put guys more more than just 11 to 15 guys out there in a season because I mean outside of injury he just hasn't done that a lot well I think you make a great point too and what better way to have confidence in your depth too right and it goes back to what you were saying about these young guys making plays for example I mean for guys like Bryce Callahan guys like Mike Purcell guys that have dealt with injuries over the last couple of years Sarah I think it is important to have established depth behind those guys that way you don't have to put those guys into too many situations you can reduce the wear and tear with depth and personnel 
I would personally love to see that. And the more you have, the more you can do, I think, defensively. We're looking at that in the Broncos secondary. I think just in general, they can do more this year because of the depth that they have. I imagine they're going to carry probably like 10 to 11 total DBs. Not sure if it's going to be six corners and five safeties or six safeties and five corners. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. I mean, I think the Broncos have a lot of good options there. But specifically a linebacker defensive line, being able to have fresh depth because – as often as we've seen in the last couple of years, specifically with the Broncos, it has been where that depth has been negated due to injury. And all of a sudden, the Broncos, and we're talking about it every week, well, who's going to step up this week because this guy's hurt? And, you know, it's nice to see some of these emerging stories, but it'd be great if these guys could stay healthy and if the depth behind them can come in and spell them to keep them, you know, the, the wear and tear off there. But, Sarah, final key to the game, I think, for me, that I want to see on the Broncos' offensive side of the ball, outside of quarterbacks playing consistently, Pound the rock, baby. Get this offensive line going a little bit. Now, there are some plays to the outside that the Broncos had success running last week against the Vikings, or they're going to be facing another four-man front in terms of the scheme that Seattle plays. Now, not sure if we're going to see the $100 million man He's getting close there, Jamal Adams. Not sure if we're going to see him play, but he's a threat off the edge regardless. Can he run the ball to the outside? I'd like to be able to see that. Can you run the ball on the inside effectively too? I think with what we saw from Demaria Crockett last week, Royce Freeman, I expect to see a lot more from them here this week in this game. So for the Broncos, I want to see these offensive linemen work. Can you run the ball? Can you pound it effectively in between the, the A gap, the B gap, and then eventually spring guys to where you can sell off the backside edge, get to that outside E alley to be able to get there and that's where wide receiver blocking comes into play too you want to see if these wide receivers can block i know with coach azani if they don't block well guess what they're not going to play too much football mm -hmm. for coach azani so those are our keys to the game broncos country let us know what you're looking forward to seeing in the broncos seahawks matchup but coming up here in just a moment sarah and myself we're each going to give three players that we think that broncos country needs to watch in saturday's action against the seahawks but before we do that let me tell you about betonline.ag the other sponsor of today's episode of the show and it's that time of year again and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season with nfl preseason and as always bet online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this upcoming season you get all the updated odds props and contests including online's biggest half million dollar nfl mega contest and the world's largest two hundred thousand dollar nfl survivor contest open now at bet online head to the website use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100 welcome bonus be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo where you make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl defending champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports from basketball, football, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 NFL season when you use promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, sir, so as we jump into the fourth quarter action of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, this is one of my favorite things that we're going to do every single week. Three players to watch in all of these game actions. Now we've got week two. Not sure how much Russell Wilson, the Seahawks offensive star, is going to play, but I'm always intrigued to see a little bit. Uh, if DK Metcalf and Russell Wilson are playing, you bet your bottom dollar. I'm looking forward to seeing who the hell is going to cover DK Metcalf, <laughs> Tyler Lockett. I mean, th that's going to be fun in and of itself if those guys play. So we'll figure that out leading up to kickoff. But, Sarah, you know, I gave you a list. Who are the three players 
that you've chosen specifically that you're watching this week? And obviously we'll recap after you name your three. Definitely. So I'm starting off with Deontay Spencer. You know, I think that he's one of those guys that's firmly on the roster bubble. I've talked about him kind of almost like he's off, but I think that it's good to give him some credit. You know, he's been the return man for two years. That's his job. He's atop the depth, the unofficial depth chart. That's his job right now to lose. And so he's got to go out there. He's got to win that job. But not only that, I think he's got to go show everybody, man, I can do some things for the offense as well. I've got the ability to, to make an impact for Pat Shermer and not just for Tom McMahon. So I think that Deontay Spencer is a guy to watch. I think that we've got to be uh, excited to see McTelvin Aguim as well, you know, mm-hmm. on the defensive line. I think that he's going to be able to factor into that rotation this year. I've mentioned before, you know, Shelby Harris, Draymond Jones, Mike Purcell, those guys have never been 70, 75% defensive defensive players in terms of snap count. Those guys are 50 to 60 at most percent. And I think a lot of that has to do with Vic Fangio. A lot of that could, you know, in Draymond Jones's case, could potentially be due to his youth. At the same time, I think that we know that Fangio likes to rotate. So Aguim's going to have the opportunity to go in there and make some plays. And so go out there, just like we said in the first segment, go in there, make some plays, get a, get a strip sack, make a couple run stops, make your presence felt, especially as you're going against, uh, you know, potentially a little bit weaker of an offensive line. That's been, that was obviously one of the major reasons why there was rumors that Russell Wilson wanted to be traded this year, right? So go take advantage of that offensive line in Seattle and, and kind of have your way. And the third guy that I'm looking for, Cody, is Eric Saubert. We touched on him as a potential, you know, solidifying that tight end three position. I think we know Noah Fant, he's tight end one. Albert Okuebunam, I think obviously tight end two. Those, those two guys, very clear where they're at. Uh, very clear what the team thinks of them and how much they like them. But Salbert, uh, you know, that was an open competition for tight end three. And the Broncos didn't bring in any big names. But, you know, I think that he's got an opportunity in this game. He showed some nice things in week one. He's made some plays in camp. Now you come out there against Seattle and really just solidify, okay, if if, if Fant or Okuwebunam gets hurt throughout the season, you can rely on me. I can be that guy that can come in. And, and even if they're healthy, you want me active on game day so that I can be contributing on special teams, contributing as a third tight end, as a pass blocker, as a run blocker. So those are my three, man, and I'm excited to, to hear who you got. I like those three selections here. I think those three selections stand out to me. Obviously, Sauber, I think, had a great debut as a Bronco last week against the Vikings. We will see McTelvin a game for the first time. Obviously, he was dealing with that injury against the Vikings. We didn't get to see him then, but he's been causing havoc in camp and one-on-ones. But for me, I'm going to go with Michael Ojemudia. Now, this is a guy we didn't talk too much about this offseason. I don't think any national media members had talked too much about him either. But I'm going to go with Michael because he had a really great game last week for the Broncos against the Vikings, specifically on in-breaking routes, goal line fades, just the technique aspect. You see it so well with Michael. And I think that this Seattle Seahawks team, they have a wide variety of different receivers, I think, po- possess different challenges to the Broncos secondary. DK Metcalf with his size, Tyler Lockett with his speed and his ability to get across the field. And then the depth guys behind them, Dwayne Eskridge. I mean, you factor him in. I want to see Michael Ojemudia if he gets a chance to go against any of these guys, which I don't think he will necessarily. It depends on what the Broncos want to do. If they want to give Bryce Callahan, Kyle Fuller, and Ronald Darby the day off, I don't know if that's going to be the case. Obviously, we're going to find that out leading up to kickoff. But if they do give any of those guys a rest, I think that we will see Michael Ojemudia step up to the plate there, considering we've got the injury right now dealing with Patrick Sertans and soreness in his lower leg. Is expected to play, but 
Michael's the guy to watch for me because, I, like I said, he's been one of those under-the-radar guys that nobody's been talking about. He had a great game last week. I think he's going to follow it up with another good performance this week. My second guy, we talked a lot about Trinity Benson last week and what he was able to do. We even mentioned him this week that he's a chance to solidify himself. For me, I think this is a player to watch on the offensive side of the ball that did a lot in the blocking game, caught a couple of passes, had a couple of passes thrown either behind him or a little bit in front of him against the Vikings. But Kendall Hinton is a guy that I want Broncos fans to watch in this game. One thing that stands out to me about Hinton is that he's not afraid of anybody. And the thing is, is he understands leverage. He understands angles on that Jerry Judy mesh concept where Drew Locke found him on third down. Down. Jerry Judy would have gotten tackled for a shorter gain if Kendall Hinton didn't come up and provide a great block to allow Jerry Judy to get to the outside. Hinton is a guy that I think is going to be a wild card this week for the Broncos. I think we will see him probably showcase the most out of any of the receivers in a majority of the action because he will play probably a majority of the game from the second quarter all the way through the fourth. So Kendall Hinton, a guy to keep an eye on. And then look, I'm going to go with Drew Locke here. And the reason I say that, it goes back to our keys to the game. Can he be a consistent performer? This is a big game for Drew Locke, even though he is not getting the start. Now, granted, last week we knew with the Broncos, they, they gave a certain number of plays to the quarterback then, they gave a certain number of plays to the other quarterback. Both Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater got equal sample size in terms of snaps. They're probably going to do the same thing, even though that Teddy's going to get the start. And then maybe in the fourth quarter, or midway through the third, maybe we might see a little bit more of Brett Rippon. But the expectation of the Broncos are going full go with Teddy and Drew. And I would really like to see Drew stack on that performance. So, Broncos country, Drew is a player that I think that Broncos country should watch. And ladies and gentlemen, let us know in the comment section down below on YouTube the three players that you have your eyes on in Saturday's matchup against the Seattle Seahawks. 8 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time kickoff. Sarah and myself, we're going to have you covered on Sunday with a post-game report. That way you can get all the recap. We're going to go back. We're going to watch the film after we already see the game initially. Sunday morning, we're going to spend time watching film, and then you're going to get that recap Sunday afternoon here on the YouTube channel, Lockdown Broncos. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. Follow us on your favorite audio podcasting platform so you get daily exclusive news content coverage and access to the team that you rule for on Sundays. From an objective point of view, from Sarah and myself. But with that said, Broncos country, appreciate you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Lockdown Broncos. We will see you next time for a brand new episode of the show.